don't know what's happening. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Uh, my name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and apparently I'm green, is what Lucian says on his chat. Are you chat. not on your screen? I am not green on my screen. I, I look, I look uh, the appropriate pale, shaggy beard guy that I am. So, <laughs> what did, what did you do? Three seconds before I hit the button, your Zoom window is a green window where mine's normal. Um, so I'm just like a, a green block, or am I? It's like there's green? a green tent over oh. you. Like we oh. put a green yeah. thing in front. That's just the luck of the Irish. I've got that going. Oh my god! Yeah, really exciting. Uh, um, so while Lucian figures out his problems, hi everybody, welcome hi. to the Saturday Morning D and D Show. Thank you for joining us this week. We were not here last week um, because of uh, things, but it was nice to have a week off. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I've been putting out a lot of videos lately, so it was nice to just like gonna just i'm gonna i'm gonna eat some breakfast um but we are going to talk about a lot of dungeons and dragons stuff happening in uh the world um and first of all we're gonna say that WizKids, uh WizKids has partnered with uh wizards of the coast nothing new there but they have a whole bunch of new miniatures coming out and every every section they're coming out with new miniatures and they sent me this really cool orcus uh, the, uh, yeah, the Demon Dreamers. Lord of Undeath. And I haven't opened it yet, because I want to open it on stream, but it's really cool. Um, and they sent me a bunch of other stuff that are not painted, so, uh, I need to have a painting party, um, at some point. Nathan, I'm looking right in your direction, and we need to just paint a bunch of minis. <laughs> Can you stop your video and then restart it real quick? Oh, are on you off. sure about that? Yeah. Okay thinking on off there's jordan back on do i have what what is there something on my face what <laughs> do we need to oh, stop the it, whole it fix itself oh there it you go itself. okay technology folks technology <laughs> <laughs> when you see my playback you're gonna laugh <laughs> uh yeah so lots of lots of fun minis coming out. And I want to thank WizKids and uh, V the Crafting Muse for uh, sending me some of those. Um, and we've got I've got like a ten towns thing that I need to build. They sent some papercraft stuff. Um, but I was going to ask you, cool. yeah, papercraft is cool. Uh, but it's funny because I have these ten town uh, papercraft mm-hmm. buildings you can build. And I was going to ask you, Lucia. Now you play online a lot, so we don't play at the mm-hmm. table. But uh, a lot of this stuff, I feel like you would get. And use it once. Like, how reusable is a 10 towns, like, paper craft? I build the whole thing. And if I'm running Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, that's awesome. Uh, because I can, like, put it down and, like, really immerse my players in it. But you're doing, you're doing that for maybe, like, one combat. And then after that, I was like, well, I don't know. And I was thinking about that. We need to have more reusable stuff. We need, like, yeah, yeah. the Legos of D and D miniature crafting. <laughs> so it's so specific. Like if you were going to do a, uh, Fandelver run, mm-hmm. you couldn't use that as you couldn't use those paper crafts as the buildings because, well, I could, but they're covered in snow, snow and yeah. They, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all those little things. More. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just got me I, thinking about know that. that they're covered in snow, but yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes more sense to me now when you say they're covered in snow, they're in a specific environment. They're yeah. A specific type. 
they're not as interchangeable. So, yeah. yeah, I don't um, know. Uh, in, but I haven't put them together yet. Maybe they are very interchangeable. It's fun to have 3D props, I will say that. And yeah. another thing that, that uh, WizKids is doing is those tiles. And I know Dwarven Forge, I think they, they do the tiles as well. And those are very modular. And you kind of are like, let's just build a dungeon and you put it together. So I do like those. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's interesting, the stuff coming out. And another thing, I think we talked about it maybe, but uh, if we haven't, there's a $350 WizKids uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal Tavern that they're going to yeah, come out with. We did. And it looks really cool. But I was yeah. like, I'm going to use those. I'm going to use that like twice maybe. Yeah, like yeah. what Start kind of Waterdeep. encounter am I going to run <laughs> in this thing that not for $350. So I don't know. It's kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a really fun company. Uh, I, and, maybe and, if yeah. you spend 350 though, you end up making that a prominent prop every few sessions <laughs> just so you can bring it's that true. Or maybe you're the Hey everybody, we're going back up. to the tavern for yeah. reasons. Is it because you yeah. bought that Jordan? Is that why? Yeah, that's why we're going back. <laughs> that's so. why we're going back. Well, if you have that cool Dwarven Forge set up yeah. and you built this cool mega dungeon, how many times are you going to tear that down and redo it? Oh, versus well, having one big mega dungeon that you've got set up and you spent hours on building. I would say a lot just because I don't have the yeah. table space. So, like, yeah. once they clear an area, I would, like, okay, next session I would dismantle it and rebuild it for the yeah. next one. So, And I wonder if there's a lot of people out there, too, that leave it just out, whereas me and you probably, we game, we clear the table off, and we use the table for other things or we're done. We don't necessarily just leave it all set up, and then yeah. everybody comes back the next week, and then it's always there type thing. Kind of like some people have their big mega game rooms, like a Joe or a – I'm thinking of, like – uh ted would do that oh yeah probably <laughs> you know have big giant things set up and it never moves it stays there so that they can always interact with it kind of stuff so exactly it'd be cool to have um but i think you're right i just don't know how much use you get out of it and papercraft is definitely cheaper than full-on yeah you know 3D and it printed. looks good you know it's printed really nice so we'll see yeah. um kids what else would, uh, yeah, what else is going on in the, oh, I just feel like stuff is happening, but I don't know. Oh, uh, I was making a list of RPGs. So some of our friends were talking and we were like, what are the, what are the, what should we play next? Um, and we'll get into this, but you know, Rod of Seven Parts is done. Um, and mm. we finished the campaign. A lot of fun. They survived. Uh, they, one of them died and then they one used, died. uh, well, we'll talk about it, but, um, <laughs> But we uh, we were like, what should we play next? And I started thinking of all the different systems I want to run, um, in uh, just or or just different games or playstyles or things like that. And so I was like, I need to make a list. So I ended up using Notion because I'm obsessed with this Notion tool now that I'm using for mm -hmm. campaign building. And I made a whole list of all the RPGs that I own. And ones that I don't own, but like I, I labeled them out of this is these are ones I want to play in. And these are ones I want to uh, run. And these are, and some of them I would be like, okay, I want to do like five sessions of this, or I want to do this as a one shot or something. And you start adding it up, and I've got like two years worth of RPGs to run. All right, but, so you're planned out. <laughs> but I, yeah, like, are there anything that you want to run that you haven't? You always, we're always drawn back to D and D because everything, it's there. everything on my shelf. Everything. Um, yeah, everything on my shelf. I always find I did last year, if you remember, I started out and miserably failed after a couple of months. The I wanted to play one RPG per month. month. Yeah. Because I know, well, 
a yeah. couple of weeks is too much to try to learn a new system. But maybe if we had a whole month, we could learn a new system, mm-hmm. play a couple of games and get a feel for it. And then we could move on and be kind of fun. It'd be a cool show. Uh, it's tough to jump from system to system to system these days when I kept picking things that were so varied and different. You know, if you if you go from this to you want to jump over to Pathfinder and then you want to jump over right. to 3E and then you want to jump to 4E, there's a lot that has to rattle around in your brain rule rise, rule rise, <laughs> if you're going to try to do that yeah. because there's so many things you're remembering for 5E. Um, and, you know, I picked things like um, we did a couple of sci-fi ones. We did a couple of powered by the apocalypse. ones. Yeah. So those are even so different from Dungeons and Dragons. You can't even use your skills. Yeah. No, it would be like, it would be like, Hey, we're going to play like dungeon world and then turn around and you're like, now we're going to play fate core. And you're like, well, that that's a completely different style of play. And like, but I want to do it, but I found it hard to do it. So it's not that it's impossible and it's not, and I'd love to do it. And I keep buying more RPGs. I've already kickstarted three this year at the end of the year here that, you know, who knows when I'll get those ones. I've been getting some of the other ones I kickstarted and I can't wait for those to come in, but it's been hard to find ways to play other games besides Dungeons and Dragons. And then the second problem, you can find a plethora of players to play Dungeons and Dragons. You have to twist arms to get players to play other, anything else. Yeah. Unless unless it's more than a one shot, I think. Uh, I I guess I have good luck with like one shots, but Anything more than that, they're like, well, we could just be playing D&D, uh, which is funny. We're, we're complaining, and we are literally called the Saturday Morning D&D Show. That is not yeah, what I'm trying to say. I do, I do love, <laughs> but I love RPGs in general. And, uh, I mean, just looking at my list, I've got uh, Invisible Sun on there. Actually, oh, let's just oh, look at it. And, oh, you know what I can do? By the power of uh, YouTube, I think I can go mm-hmm. to here. Oh, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. So this is my list. This is my RPG wish list. And I've got Alice's Missing, Alien, uh, Bastion Land, which is Into the Odd, Call of Cthulhu, Lancer, I really want to play. I want to run like a two to three month Invisible Sun, because I feel like I need to run that long enough so we understand what's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Tiny Dungeon, Tales from the Loop, Star Trek Adventures, Numenera, uh, lots lots of cool stuff. So... Uh, oh, you know what? I did this, and then I didn't hit transitions. You guys couldn't see any of it. But anyway, yeah. So this is uh, this is what I got. Alice is missing. This is my my list, and it's probably going to just get more and more. It's just going to keep growing. But yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, for stuff. me, it's like Modifius puts out stuff I want to run. Monty Cook yeah. puts out stuff I want to run. I still love Dungeons and Dragons Five E and the stuff that we get with that. I mean, Tosh has been a great book. Yeah. Um, I'm still super intrigued these days about second edition Pathfinder. It's got a little pull to me at the moment. I keep mm-hmm. going back and maybe thinking about re going through it and reading it and figuring it out and seeing the books that they have. Cause I've been very interested. I didn't like their Starfinder as much. It didn't grab me in that first session. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Cause I've seen some it. other right. sci-fi ones, but Pathfinder still has this little bit of pull. I'd like to maybe check it out and see how it goes. Um, yeah, we were I talking like uh, I almost want to play something different, though. And so True. if it if it is like if it's between D&D and Pathfinder, they're both fantasy RPGs and, and Pathfinder was literally based off of older D&D. And so uh, and it's mm-hmm. weird saying that because I love Dungeon Crawl classics and you could say the same thing about that. Um, but drink. I have. Yep. There you go. But I haven't played uh, I haven't played Pathfinder to really understand 
if it's mechanically that different from uh, D&D, but with so many on my plate, I want to play something that's completely different, like Invisible Sun. You know, Numenera. Like, something that's just like, this is a completely different thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, like, well, uh, somebody in chat was saying, Johnny was saying, uh, how about the Alien RPG? I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, I bought the, the special order of that to get it, and I have it up there. And you mentioned Tales from the Loop over my other yep. corner. That is a fantastic game. And that's another um, one that's funny because kids and kids on bikes and tales from the loop have come out kind of around the same time. And I've played yeah. kids on bikes a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's another one where I'm like, well, I already played like a eighties teenage weird, you know, RPG. Like why would I want to play tales from the loop? But I want to, because it's, it's different. There's a different game, different system, different goals, different abilities. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. So. And RPGs are just fun. I mean, reading the books and learning about the characters and, thinking about the campaigns that you could run in those games is just fun. I mean, it's just, I can sit there all day long. And if I was bored, I could pick up one of these books and be like, you know, here's the fall of uh, Delta. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about a Vietnam campaign back in the sixties and it's spies and intrigue and Cthulhu monsters and whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I pick up spectaculars and I'm thinking about, Oh, cool. New, New kids find out they have superpowers. They, they've read comics all their lives, so they figure out they're going to build a superhero team. But then they realize how hard it is to be a real superhero and play through a campaign like that or something. Then yeah. You go to a Monty Cook book, and you're like, oh, what about dinosaurs and lasers? How about we do that? <laughs> you know, it's just like you just throw all the stuff at you, and it's so fun to be that creative. And then the good old hard, let's go dungeon delve. Let's, you know, go yeah. take on that mind flayer that's trying to take over water deep and stop them, you know? And it's Damn like old mind yes. flayers always causing problems. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, kind of thinking about mind flayers and, and D and D in general, uh, mm-hmm. 2021's going to hit, uh, we're going to get new books, uh, with wizards of the coast. What right. you... Last year we got it in January, right? We got a book at the end of January, I thought, uh... or was it, I don't it was know. either announced or at least we knew we were getting. Yeah, because we got the the Magic the Gathering book. We got um, was right was the first book released in 2020. Was the Magic the Gathering Theros right? I don't remember. So I think it is. Okay, I think I'm right. Uh, <laughs> I could but be wrong. Uh, I can look it up really quick. Um, February. But uh, what do you think we're going to get next year? Do you think COVID has changed a lot of their, I mean, they're still editing and no. writing and things like that. And so they can all work from home for that for the most part, but yeah, but I think their schedule has been set. We've always heard them say oh, yeah. their schedule's set two, three years out. So nothing that's happened, I think would change that barring, I don't know, like the lawsuits and stuff, but I mean, I don't think any of that would affect their schedule of release at the moment for that stuff. So I wonder if the first book, if it, well, what do you think? Do you think we're going to campaign? Because we just had a classes and rules and DM book. So normally they don't give us another classes and rules and DM book as the next book after that one's come out. They always usually give us a campaign setting or another Sword Coast book, right? So mm-hmm. my guess is, or what what is our prediction? I thought we would do a prediction. Yeah, yeah. What do we think it is? Do we think it's a... It, what are you leaning towards more of another sort of coast book or are you leaning towards a campaign book that represents some other tie into a new property or new world or something? What, what, what's waiting more? Yeah, I, I think, um, 
I, I wonder if they're getting to the point where uh, they, they've told enough stories with, um, with the Forgotten Realms. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would be surprised if they make – I shouldn't say surprised because, like, they're going to be – they're going to do what's safe, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it would make sense to me if they did a different type of story – and tie that in with a new, a different campaign setting. So if that's a uh, like a, a Magic the Gathering setting where they're like, here's Magic the Gathering, like here's another setting book, and here's an adventure that kind of goes along with it, and kind of marry mm-hmm. the two and try to sell both of those books at the same time or something. I'm not sure, um, but a or wait, was it Matt's book that came out? <laughs> but yeah, now you don't know. Um, yeah. But. Uh, it would make sense to me if they doubled down on the adventures they currently have and be like, do you want to do like this type of adventure? Then buy, uh, you know, tyranny of dragons. Do you want to do this type of venture of adventure? Then buy rhyme of the frost maiden, because they have so many right now that a lot of people have not played, uh, because it takes you a good like year, sometimes two to get through some of these campaigns. Yeah. Their so, campaign like, books are like yeah. one to 12, one yeah. to something, you know, they're big. Um, or I would, or I think it would behoove them to do uh here's a campaign 10 to 20 or something. That is a campaign, not just a dungeon delve, like uh, uh, right. the yeah, wizard of the uh, mad mage, dungeon of the mad mage. Yeah. Took so me your a while. percentage <laughs> is definitely on another campaign book, maybe some other tie in property mm-hmm. that they're going to tie into D and D. Still a chance that they could do a Sword Coast, but that feels lower to you. And I, I think, I think I'm the other way. No, 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 no. I'm with you. I, <laughs> I think because I don't know if there's too many more Sword Coast areas we could go to that are greatly different from what we've already have. Even though me and you know that if you dive into the lore, you could say, you know, there's all these places that are way different, but for somebody coming new to Dungeons and Dragons, they might not know a huge difference between mm-hmm. Waterdeep and Daggerford or Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate. That might not be as big of a difference, even though we know there's a difference there. And if you're going to do a big city, I was thinking the only thing I could think of that was still out there, that was an interesting city they haven't kind of covered that's prominent in the Sword Coast was Silvery Moon. Yeah. And I thought you could do some interesting stories in Silvery Moon because it's a very cosmopolitan, almost like a college town. There's universities there. There's schools of magic are there. It's built off of um, what you would almost think of an elven kind of city. So it's it's grown buildings in some places that you know where the, the way it works, and some of the other stuff is more um, you know manufactured like you would normally think. But mm. there's a lot of stuff different there. You wouldn't confuse you're in Silvery Moon and I'm in Waterdeep. Like yeah. there's just you wouldn't confuse that. So that yeah. was an interesting one. I was trying to think of any other town out there that is prominent in the lore that they might do. So like that's about it, unless you're just talking about a, a land mass, unless you're talking about the Dales. Right. I guess you could get out to the Dales maybe. Uh they start doing I think, any of those. Uh, Thay oh, Mount Thay, and like they could you do know. you could do a whole intrigue thing around Thay and that could be fun. That's another good one. Um and then they could introduce a bunch Warner. of new like red wizard feats yeah. and stuff that you could take. Uh RPG DMCA said uh Netheril back in time because uh that is also interesting. We still are kind of And it's been coming up a lot. Yeah, it that has name. Netherils has been in a lot of stuff. We've been uh, talking about the Sea of Fallen Stars a lot and just, like, a really cool water adventure or, there. So 
Here's another one, Myth Draenar. Yeah. That's one that always pops up a lot in books and in other uh, adventure sets and stuff. And I could see them maybe doing a, you know, the fifth edition version of a Myth Draenar or something, whether it's a, yeah. the Lost City, a back in time look at it, a what's going on in the future look at it, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I was going. If not, I'm positive that's probably going to be a Magic the Gathering book because we know they're going to do a Magic the Gathering D&D card set next year. Yeah. So they're doing an actual card set based on Dungeons & Dragons stuff that is going to make its way into the card game. Mm-hmm. And the next one they said, I looked it up, the next uh, card set release is uh, Kaldheim for Magic the Gathering. And, and I think that set comes out in January. So if they were going to do a tie-in, when a card set comes out, like I think they did at the beginning of 2020, it was either January, February, or March, and there somewhere is when Theros, I thought, came out. Or they they announced the tie-in to the Theros release. I would think that maybe that one, Magic Gathering, the, the calling. And I'm okay with that because the artwork and those books have been surprisingly good. I've heard a lot of great stuff. People loving Theros. They didn't know if they want Theros, but then all of a sudden they got to read through it. And they got to look at some of the stuff that was in it, and they liked it. Um, I always liked Ravnica. Um, and I've heard a lot of people, when it had come out and even talked about it later on, had liked Ravnica. So those are two good, solid entries into we want to bring a Magic the Gathering world into the Dungeons & Dragons stuff. That was pretty positive. It wasn't a huge negative you know, release to those books. So I think that's where I'm going with those as far as predictions. How about you, chat? You should put it into chatter in the comments. What do you predict is Wizards of the Coast next book? Is it a, it's a campaign book? Is it a, maybe you think it's a source and rule book? Maybe we're getting more rules and you know maybe you think more subclasses are coming or more spells are coming or something, nah. you know, whatever your ideas might be. Nah, <laughs> we'd see <laughs> we'd see so many uh, so many playtesting stuff right now if that was the case. But uh, I so I don't know so. where you got January because Eberron Rising from the Last War came out in November. And then we of didn't get 2019 uh, in 2019. And then we yeah. didn't get another book till March. And that was Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount. So it was Matt's book. Wild Mount yeah. came out in March. But I think they made I, I'm, I guess I'm thinking. Of and then the Theros was July. <laughs> yeah, my, my dates are way off. <laughs> We're living living at home. You don't know what day it is. It's crazy. It's come on. We had a pandemic. You got to give me. <laughs> true true i forgot matt's book was the first one they released for 2020 was xandria book yeah wild mount book so uh what magic the gathering i don't i don't know the magic the gathering universe i need to talk to indoor adventurer because he knows it really well but like what what will be the next like what's popular like isn't zendikar the new uh that's the one that's out that's the one that's out now would that make more sense to do a zendikar campaign book i think they try to tie it in because theros tied in with the release of the theros card deck okay so it's probably so they when that and and they might have come out like just a tiny bit earlier but it was very close in timeline i thought Mm. so they were kind of matching up the two things to tie together um so those those are the ones that now they do keep a pretty good list um of what the projects are for magic the gathering you can find that out on i think it was wikipedia is where i found it where new card decks that have been announced. Some of them have code names. Some of them don't. Um, some of them talk about what the symbol is. that's going to be on the card, but they don't necessarily tell about the theme yet. Some are reprints of things they've already done. So like they've done Zendikar before. That's another one they've come back to Ravnica. They did before they came back, but then there's other new ones they've created that they've never done before. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're always either creating new worlds because it's 
their their whole world is planes jumping, right? Planes walkers. Mm-hmm. And so you can always bring in another plane at some point when you want to, or you can always revisit a different plane if you want to go back to it. So mm-hmm. they've got a cool world. I would love to see their world lore built out a little bit more too. There is definitely a TTRPG game just built for them. And I don't mean take 5e rules and put it on top of. They have enough lore and enough world building, enough history, enough cool concept around that that they could make their own cohesive role-playing game and be a real contender in the space, I think, if they put you know several developers on it and just built their own game come up with a dice system that they like come up i feel with, like and they, they did though like they they have history. that lore and history but the and the role playing's not there but like the the combat's there and it's with yeah. a deck of cards so yeah. i don't know five colored magic are you kidding yeah, me? there's cool. hardly any systems out there that have that type of interaction the idea that you're combining different colors to do different things and those lean into your character in that way i mean there's a real interesting thing they could dive into that would still be different from almost anything else that's out there at the moment, even though it'd still be a kind of a fantasy, high fantasy, magical RPG game. But it'd be interesting. I'd play it. I'd play the heck out of it. (laughs) Some kind of cool, because I love the idea of the five color magic. That was the one thing in Dungeons and Dragons, Vancey and magic's okay, but I have never bought in or has been as hyped and as, as thought it's as cool as many other people have. Now I know lots of people have read the books where it came from and I know they're fantastic on the way they explain them in those books and way where they got Vancing magic from, but it's never grabbed me as the coolest magic system out there. And I, I realize point magic systems aren't all that fun either. That's more mathematical or whatever, but five color magic system and you're you're combining the elements to do different things that always is yeah there's a there's a a card game called epic spell wars um -hmm. and they have a bunch of expansions but it's like duel at mount skulls fire or something and uh i was playing that with friends this was years ago but you build spells so you Mm -hmm. you have a, a beginning middle and an end and you can, you can make a spell that's just a beginning and an end if you want, like, a, a really fast one. Or you can do a beginning and a middle and an end, and they all have points and stuff. Um, but it's this idea that you're a wizard and you're channeling magic and creating some kind of cool spell. It's a really fun game. Uh, you should all check it out. Really, really fun game. Epic Spell Wars. Duel at Mount Skull's Fire. <laughs> um, but we were playing it, and my friend was like, man, why doesn't D&D have something like this? Like, he wanted to be able to take, like, the raw magic in the D and D world. And like, I want to create a custom spell that does this. Um, mm-hmm. And there were earlier spells. I think I did a video on this where there was a spell where you could combine two different spells into a new one. So you could, you know, take like create water and fireball. And now you have like a giant create steam or something who knows. Uh, but it's, it's kind of interesting like that. Yeah. I would love a system that plays off of that more. You're right. Where you can Mm kind of combine stuff. Um, A video game that does it really well is magicka where you have all these different elements and then you, yeah, I'm going to combine healing and Ray beams together. And then it does. (laughs) That's a fun game. I really love game. that game. And Magic it's all based great. off like a certain combination that you're yep. putting in. You're almost putting like a little code in yep. and then it does something and then you blow each other up because everything's friendly fire. And I just love yeah. that game. But unfortunately, That's the you, kind of magic I'd want. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you need to have uh, resources and right. advancing magic and, and learning those spells for the day allow you to have spell slots, which allow you to ha- burn resources uh, because ultimately that's a lot of what D&D is. Um, you know, I picked up kids with brooms or kids on brooms mm-hmm. 
which is a kids on bikes version, kind of Harry Potter ish. And it's really fun, but there's, there's no limit to what you can do magical wise. And yeah, yeah. when I played get, in my game, you could just, yeah. And you get bonuses for, uh, not a separate school, but like particular parts of magic and stuff. Like I'm, I'm better at herbology or whatever you want to say. Uh, mm. but you could just keep casting and there might be some, I don't know. You need to have something like a risk reward, like, Ooh, I could cast this and it could be really cool, but it also could hurt me or something. Uh, mm. and yeah, I don't know. I I'm thinking back, sorry, bring up dungeon crawl classics again, but like <laughs> it doesn't have necessarily spell slots, but like here are the spells, you know, you can cast them in indefinite amount of time, but if you roll too low, the spell fizzles and you forget it for the day. So, yeah. like, if you're lucky, you can keep burning hands, like, all day uh, until it, you know, the dice are just not in your favor. So, And then your hands blow off. And then your hands blow up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take a maim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is interesting. So I could see the, I could see some people leaning into that. There, lots of people are still exploring uh, different styles of games. I mean, look at all the Kickstarters that are still popping up with people building role-playing games yeah. based on D6s, D20s, all the dice, some of the dice, none of the dice. They want to do a card-based system. They want to do dice-based system. You know, there's all kinds of, they want to do a story-based system. So everybody's, there's still a lot of exploration into different ways to, to run the game. So we have no shortage of games to go out and find, which is cool. But I just had wondered, kind of making our bets what was going to be the first book we saw from wizards of the coast this year's a little different because we didn't see anything leaked or um, announced towards this end of the year here that they've said, Hey, this is keep, you know, keep us in your, in your minds. There's something coming and then, you know, give us a little, you know, shadowed out picture for us to puzzle over. Not sure why they haven't done that this year to try to keep us interested until they're ready to announce. I bet they will in January, January, February. February. I think right now they're just writing the Christmas product wave like tasha's is out if you if you want to get holiday gifts you know and i've seen a lot of like here's a holiday gift guide for your D &D fan kind of a thing and so i I bet that that's what they're they're just kind of going with that well there's lots of miniatures and dice sets yeah t-shirts and i mean they're doing all the other stuff that you can buy for sure so Mm -hmm. there's plenty of D D stuff out there for you to get Oh, right. I had one more thing I thought would be kind of cool for you DMs out there. Um, and I heard you're a DM. At Sometimes. Some point, or you were, you know, every now and then. I was thinking about dark vision, mm-hmm. night vision. I was thinking about dim light versus uh, torch light in your games, 5e specifically. Okay. And I know we've all explained this to our players, whether they were new and didn't understand it or they come from a different edition. Oh, you went green again for some reason. <laughs> What's going on? Jordan's in night vision. Um, but what have you as, what's the best analogy you have come across to help explain to somebody the difference between somebody who has dark vision and somebody who doesn't when they're walking through, let's say an underground cave or something. You know, what's, what, has there been an analogy or a picture you've shown them or what's, what's gotten it across the best for you to, to make them understand what the difference is? Um, well, so earlier editions, it was like infravision, wasn't it? Like it was like heat. That, well, you could have both. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like a predator. Vision. I thought it yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Was infra and there was ultra vision, which was kind of like almost like an x-ray vision kind of thing. Mm. So I've always said that it's black and white. Uh-huh. Um, and so if, uh, if it's dim light, 
you can see out to a certain radius. If it's dark, you can't see at all. If you have dark vision, in dim light, you can see as if it were regular light. And then in dark vision, you can see out to a certain radius, but that is uh, black and white. Right. So that's but that the rules. still relies yeah. the person to understand what you're saying. Now, how? <laughs> well, that's do the you game explain of that to your wife. <laughs> how do you explain that to your wife and she gets it? Like that. Somebody I don't who understand maybe the question. Play as much. <laughs> I think like, sometimes you have to use an analogy in their real world to help explain to them what you're trying to tell them rule wise. We get it rule wise, and I understand what you're saying rule wise. But what does that really mean? It means well, I guess I don't understand because it's what like black and light? white. Is dim light like a full moon out at night and you can still see things? Is dim light like maybe there's only a nightlight in your room and you're seeing just barely anything? What is dim light? It's up to DM interpretation. So, yeah, I would say I've got a candle or I've got a torch or I've got this. Like there's no active sun. There's no lantern in the tavern. There's no this. Like there's it's night. You're in a tavern. There's a bunch of like lanterns. There's a fireplace. That's regular light. But when you take a candle into the basement, that would be dim light. That's what I would say. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I gotcha. I didn't know where you're going with this. I apologize. I'm a little confused. <laughs> I just think that it's still subjective though. It's still like, Oh, of course. There yeah. might be people who've never carried a candle into a basement. Jordan, there's okay. people that don't even have basements. So there's, that well, analogy yeah. would have worked. There's also people who have never wielded a greatsword before, but like we right. pretend. And so you're trying to explain <laughs> it to them. Yeah, yeah. So you could say it's like swinging a baseball bat, or you mm-hmm. could say it's like, you know, having a boat oar in your hand or something. You know, you could try to equate it to something that they might recognize. Or we're in a technological age. Have you ever used like a visual aid to say, here it is? Here's a picture of what night vision looks like versus regular vision and if you have night vision you get to see this same thing because that's what i was looking for online was a way to say here's a definitive not subjective to the words we're using but here here's this is what, what it looks like see. in night vision here's what it looks like without it and yeah. you can see the two differences yourself i would you uh I, like yeah that. i would google uh uh infrared goggles yeah. and just be like this is kind of what you see where it's grainy and it's hard to make out, but like you understand that that shape is a person and you, you know, you understand that that shape is your friend yeah. as you get closer and you also right. understand there's a big spider behind him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, and it comes into a lot of confusion, I think in games, because a lot of us have different ideas of exactly what dark vision allows us to see or not see. Like if we're mm-hmm. searching a room and we're only using dark vision, most people are going to assume that's normal. I've only had a one DM make us roll at disadvantage while searching with dark vision. Very few people kind of enforce that rule. They just let their dwarves and their elves and the, you know, whoever has dark vision do things normally in not absolute dark, but most mostly the absence of dark. And then they're still moving around. So that's why I, I, I was thinking mm-hmm. about it in the game, because each of us could subjectively have our own opinion about what is too dark or what is too light or, you know, where it is. I was wondering if there was like a visual analogy or a visual guide to say here you go this is exactly what we mean <laughs> you know and then everybody's on the same level playing field when they look at it they go oh because i've seen some like trap cameras animal trap cameras that show black and white they show out to about 10 feet yeah and you can see but there could be some really highly detailed ones and there could be some really grainy and dark and blurry ones so which one are you meeting you mean well if it's foggy it's going to be blurry so i i put a i put a photo in our yeah. discord and i also put it in in uh, the youtube chat 
But that's how I envision dark vision. Like it's just a thermal or not thermal, but an infrared light for some lions. But that's like the picture I saw, you can yeah, only see out to a certain point because it gets to that point and it's all dark past that. But you can see pretty clearly where you're at. So, yeah, yeah. that's the picture I'm, I'm going to start using. In fact, that was the one I Googled this morning when I started looking at because uh-huh. I think that gives a good representation of what I want to represent in the game. But I don't know if everybody had thought that the same thing. You know, like I don't know if in everybody's mind they had the same idea of what that was. So that's what I just thought was an interesting thing that I don't know. As a DM, we might have took it for granted that everybody thinks the same way, and then realized, well, no, many people may think, many people might have thought it was like predator vision or heat vision. You know, like you could see heat signatures and things moving around, or maybe there was colors added in, or you know, whatever it might be. So. Um, boy, I'm try- I'm trying to remember. There was a, there was a game call well it was a half-life mod and i think it was vampire slayer and it was really fun we played it in college where one person's the vampire and then you have like three slayers and the slayers are trying to kill the vampire but the vampire's like picking you off one by one um and it was really fun and that had a the vampire could go into like vampire vision mode and everything would get like a red tint to it but he could see in complete darkness um also i want to say that the Alien versus Predator first person the shooter game. game. The yeah. alien could go into a like vision that was black and white. So, yeah. Alien vision. And the Predator from... could also, the Predator could do night vision, Predator vid, heat vision, and normal vision. It had three modes of vision it could, it could swap through, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was a fun game. That was a really fun game. I love Alien a lot. And that's what I was hoping is that maybe people in chat would go, well, listen to them, you know, not figure it out. And they would just send us like this cool picture, like almost like a meme where it would say, this is what D and D players uh, say is dark vision, but this is what it really is. You know, Mm -hmm. like one of those type of, this is what they think it is, but this is what it really is. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, I'm sure people will be able to send that to us. Other than that, um, that leads us into our very next. Oh, segment. I'm not ready. Are I'm you not ready? ready? Okay, no, you need to be ready. Okay, I'm ready. ready. How about a little bit of bardic inspiration? <laughs> Yay! Thank you, Taylor, for bardic inspiration tune. Do you? I saw you had one in there. Saw so I got posted in there a little bit. Yeah. No. Um. I've been uh, working on, yeah, I'll just dive in. So I've been, I've been doing, um, if you follow the YouTube channel, I've been doing a 30 day uh, build a custom can or custom build a fantasy uh, RPG world. So I wanted to build a world where, uh, uh, well, I wanted, I, you know, I've, studied Forgotten Realms for so long that I wanted to build a campaign world. I've never done that. Like, have you ever built a campaign world? Like, do you have a custom world that you can play in? I mean, we or go ahead. Yeah. Have you? I've stolen, well, I put Seeking Revenor across the ocean from the Forgotten Realm. So it's on the world. Yeah. But I'm building an entire continent that's not real in there. Yeah. And, it's all and so that, that is I world building. Do. Yeah. And so yeah. you were building a world. Um, so specifically, uh, this last video that will come out uh, in 20 minutes, it'll go live at 11 or uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh I was talking about uh, monsters, and I liked the idea that uh, of symbiotes. So, like, 
they're dissecting demons and fiends and stuff and then grafting like demon arms onto your hand. And Eberron has this. Eberron has a lot of these weird like uh, symbiote things that you you attune to and now you have like a weird, you know, demon gauntlet hand that does stuff. And it's kind of like the hand of Vecna and things like that. And so I wanted I'm a, that's that's my bardic inspiration basically is I was thinking a lot about this and I liked the idea of uh, you could get a really cool ability, maybe a spell or or um, something something interesting. Uh, like you can cast jump at will, the spell jump at will, because you have these like augmented legs from you know various demon parts or something like that. But the downside of that is that they influence you, and so I started thinking about monstrosities and. I was going through the uh, monster manual on D&D Beyond, and if you start looking at monstrosities, a lot of them are meant to be, you know, scary, and we think things are scary that are in that uncanny valley where it looks slightly human, but it's not human. Um, So that got me thinking, like, what if all monstrosities in my custom campaign world are actually, like, the failed experiments of these, you know, like, okay, we, we, you know, put some monster stuff in you or something, or we spliced you with this. And over the course of a month, you mutated into this thing that we can't control. So we kind of just dumped you in the sewer or something, or you did this. I don't know. So now that's where all these monstrosities are. And you have like Drider is a perfect example of that. Like we're going to create this spider drow hybrid thing and, you know, I'll put it away. So, uh, mechanically, um, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I like the idea of of that. Yeah, that's where we get monstrosities. That's where a lot of these monsters come from. Yeah, and I was I was thinking about that too because like you could you know aberrations. You might decide what aberrations are. You decide what monstrosities are. You mm-hmm. decide whatever. And for some reason, in my mind, monstrosities to me were big natural occurring creatures, mm-hmm. and then aberrations were things that that other entities created or mismatched or smashed together and turned something into like there was a, an influence of um, powerful beings, spells or items that were creating an abomination. So, you know, or, you know, an aberration, mm-hmm. but then everybody else, I think had it the other way. You're like, you have it, like you're saying your monstrosity could be like a, a Frankenstein monster to me would be an aberration it wouldn't be a monstrosity, but I think the way you just explained it, yours is a monstrosity. Yeah. I get where you're going. Yeah. 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 So no, interesting. Uh, it, and I, I don't know. And they, they, so they're so human ish for the most part, or I saw one that looked like a bear and a demon had been combined and, right. and it was labeled as monstrosity in uh, D and D beyond. And so I was like, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Like they're experimenting with these, these creatures to try to control demons in a way like can we control Mm -hmm. the or i want the power of this demon but i want the control of this soldier i'm gonna mash the two together um so it's kind of the idea and then i like that like uh uh, i don't know and i was also thinking of beholders because beholders in previous editions this wasn't the case but in 5e they reproduce through dreams so beholders are very paranoid and they start uh, dreaming about other beholders coming to get them. And then because of that, a new beholder comes into existence. Like he Mm -hmm. wills it into existence from a dream. And then the beholders fight and they go off and they start something else. Uh, But 
that would be another really interesting thing. Like, what if all monstrosities are the dreams of one overpowered uh, demigod or something like that? I don't know. Kind of cool. Is that where you're going with your uh, your world there? I'm not you? sure yet. Uh, <laughs> I like. I want. I th- I was thinking a lot about it because. Uh, Eberron, I've been taking a lot of influence from Eberron, and Eberron has a world of dreams and, and things like that. And it would be it would be interesting to say that the world of, of dreams is uh, the 5e equivalent of the Feywild and the Shadowfell. Like, you have basically a, a place of bright dreams and a place of nightmares. And you don't physically go to those worlds, but you can you know, astral project, go to those worlds under certain circumstances or certain spells. And then what if somebody has learned a way to, Hey, we have this guy sleeping in a coma or something. Maybe I'm subjecting him to just the worst nightmares. And then I'll magically reach in and pull out monsters for my army from the the world of shadow or the world of nightmares. And I like that idea too. So I just kind of write down everything I think of. And then I'm like, Oh, this could be really cool. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a good bad guy for a campaign. Builds his army off of a magic spell or ability that lets them pull fears and yeah. nightmares out of somebody sleeping. So they could be then they could be anything, really. They could be crazy stuff. Yeah. And then the MacGuffin is uh, well not the MacGuffin, but like the the you know, there's a there's a choke point of, well, we don't necessarily have to fight this army of monsters. We need to cut it off at the source. Like we have to wake up the guy that's sleeping. Like yeah. and so then the whole campaign is not how do we assault this thing? Yeah. It's how do we it's, infiltrate and wake up that guy or steal him or I don't know, or make him have Stephen pleasant King dreams. It, so yeah. That's what you're talking about. Stephen King it. Oh yeah, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. About. Yeah. Be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, but what was your bardic inspiration, sir? Well, mine was Freaky Friday. And when I say that, I always like to put these out here and wonder what does Jordan think of when I put my notes in? Because I don't put a lot of extra detail in. When I typed in Freaky Friday, where did your mind go for a bardic inspiration? Um, it went to the episode of Community where Abed and uh-huh. Troy reenact the Freaky Friday problem. <laughs> And That's they good. trade bodies through trade the whole bodies. episode. And it's a, it's a great episode. A lot of yeah, big fan you of nailed it. You okay. nailed it. I was thinking about what about a campaign where after every long rest, the char- the players randomly roll to decide which player they wake up as. So you're moving character sheets around the table after a long rest. And then you play that character until the next long rest. And then you play the character until the next long rest. And the other fun part is if the you have the character during the long rest where they level up you get to decide what they do and so it's almost like a community of characters okay it's almost like this idea that you get to play different characters through the the campaign um i think it would be fun for each of you to role play what you think the personality of that character is so let's say we've established um that we've got a a a surly halfling got a bad attitude so how does each person kind of play a surly halfling with a bad attitude or do they soften it in some points when different people play it or do it does everybody lean into what that character is Mm -hmm. do they play different aspects of that character so they wake up and they're very schizophrenic and you know one time they're happy halfling one time they're a surly halfling and then the next time they're a you know you know a, a, a clueless halfling or whatever you know like all these different things you could go but so I thought it would be fun and just for characters. And I think it would be, it would lend itself to a very 
comedic style game, a very act ink style game, a very, we're going to throw in a lot of fun. We're going to throw in a lot of humor. We're going to laugh a lot. Um, I think that would be a lot more fun if it, and I agree with a lot of everything you're saying, but like if it was a, if it was a cursed item or something, so uh, maybe they are, or, or like you have to transport this item from A to B and it's going to take you, you know, a week or something. And every night this item is, is swapping people back and forth. Uh, And, and Mm -hmm. so they wake up and they're just like, oh man. And so, but I have the training of a wizard, but I'm now in the barbarian's body. What does that mean? Like, do you keep your mental stats and just trade physicals? Does do he does he still have his right. spells? How do you want to run that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things you could decide and pick and choose on to make that interesting. To make that whole thing that swap interesting. Maybe you like you're saying you keep mental aspects, but you get physical aspects, or maybe you get the whole character, or maybe you get just certain pieces of it. Or maybe you just get the bonuses. So now all of a sudden you can't remember as many spells mm. because you've got the intelligence of the barbarian who wasn't, you know, specked out to have all kinds of yeah. spells ready to go. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a, I guess uh, uh, we have shape changing through wild shape and polymorph. Um, and we have like uh, the magic jar spell, which is one of my favorite spells. <laughs> Um, but aside from that, I don't know a lot of like body swapping things. I guess, I guess you could, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a physical jar that you have to carry and it's a cursed magic item that starts pulling people's souls in and swapping it back and forth. So that could be fun. Um, I wanted to, Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday. I like it. Um, (laughs) I wanted to point out, uh, table one SG, uh, he became a member of our YouTube channel. I think you're the first member. So thank you very much for your support. Uh, it's really awesome. Welcome back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Illusion, what, what's yeah. going on in this Mad Mage, this Dungeon of the... We Tell me about We cleared level three. We um, had had a great big argument about going down to level four. Or our wizard decided to talk us into, let's track down Xanathar and kill him. So... We're on our way into Xanathar's hideout to see if we can kill Xanathar for whatever crazy reason our wizard yeah. wants to kill him. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. It's going to be crazy in the next couple of sessions. Um, we have definitely picked off a huge fight if this we find him and actually it happens. Um, or we're going to get chased down and go back down to fourth level where I thought we were going to go and start exploring and be ready to go to fourth level. Mm-hmm. We did uh, level up. So after we got through all of the third level, we did, you know, without trying to do too many spoilers for anybody else that might be playing the game. Um, we picked a faction, we helped that faction and we nearly wiped out the other faction and we mapped it all out for our Ak Inc overlords. And so we were rewarded for that. And um, we're pretty much ready to go. I did level up, so I got a second level in Twilight Cleric now. Okay, so what's your um, full build? What is your character then? It's a six Arcane Archer, two Twilight Domain Clerics. Okay. Two. And, what's, what, and, and what, I'm going to keep going. You're a human or? No, Aarakocra. Aarakocra, that's right. Okay. Yeah, how do you fire? How do you, how do you Arcane Archer with uh, bird hands? You have feathers. Yeah. I don't. No, I have regular hands. Oh, okay. And then I have wings. Oh. You should see my mini. I should send yeah. you the mini. Take a picture. We had a friend. I don't know. A couple of people have been working with the Hero Forge. Yeah. Thing, and they made up our whole party. They look fantastic. Yeah. Hero Forge is really, really good. I'll, I'll, I'll post it in um, in Discord at some point and show you guys. 
I think of my guy as Moon Knight at this point. So he's okay. got the symbol of the Ankh. He 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 uh, he worships Khonshu, the you know for the darkness. Um, it's cool. Some of the spells you get as the Twilight um, cleric. So I'm I'm leaning into that now, which is fun. And from here on out, it'll be cleric levels all the way up. So I was only going up to six level arcane archer to get some cool bow stuff, sharpshooter, and then the rest of the way cleric. So Are you playing with the new Tasha's? Uh like cleric fighter extra abilities so no i did not choose any of those i'm only using twilight domain out of tasha's okay but i didn't use any of the adjusted fighter stuff and i didn't use any of the adjusted cleric cool. stuff other than that but other players in our games have been batting that around um deciding if they want to use that or not because we've got a forge cleric we've got an, uh an um arcanist um Ar- arcanist I think is what it was okay no no um the guy artificer artificer <laughs> artificer we got artificer we've got a wizard that's a chronom chronomage chronom- oh from uh wild from wild yeah. he's using those rules cool and then we have a eberron full-on robot dude um who's doing fighter and something else i forget what he's oh barbarian he's a fighter barbarian okay cool so that's crazy Thing. so it's a cool mix pretty fun um great campaign so far it's going to be long we're only on level four if we get yeah. there there's supposed to be like 26 levels of this dungeon. there's a lot of levels <laughs> yeah we got a lot of game ahead of us so far uh we'll see but you start playing our, two or three times a week so yeah danimal our dungeon master from down under he's our australian dungeon master does a fantastic job of uh playing game or hosting games for us each and every week so it's been super fun. yeah other than that, um, I'm doing a little creativity on the, um, like you said, kind of world building front a little bit, but for a different purpose and a different reason than what, what you've been showing everybody. Um, but that's been my, like my side secret project that anytime I get some extra time, I've been throwing into that. And eventually, when I get at least where I feel like it's it's cool enough to show people, I'll, I'll put it out there so people can kind of see what I've been working on. Cool. But still in the early stages. Yeah. Well, uh, I heard there was a cyberpunk game you were going to run for a certain co-host. I have it all filled out. <laughs> I went through my mind how I would run Jordan through it, and I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. I just well. haven't, haven't t- called him and said, hey, when do you have an open night to try to learn this system you don't know how um, to do yet? But you have the PDF now, right? I do, yeah. I have the PDF. Uh, I am, yeah. I have I have some time off for Christmas, so I think we need to start scheduling some one shots or something. Needs to happen, um, yeah, with friends and stuff. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. I bought um, it's over there. I forget what it's called. I have the PDF, uh, but I bought the 2020 holiday uh, DCC game, and it's got a candy cane giant worm that's like devouring people on the cover uh it looks really fun um the doom that came to christmas town uh so and i was reading through that last night and it looks a lot of fun and there was talk of running that on indoor adventures channel this christmas because oh, last okay. year i ran a holiday thing that could he be likes to do holiday stuff on his so it'd be a lot of fun yeah since i'm not running games right now uh yeah um for me, you had a big game end, right? I did, yeah. yeah. So, so Rod of Seven here. Parts, we we finished it. Uh, the the episode before the last episode, they were in the Citadel of Chaos. The whole goal is to find the last Rod fragment, um, put it together, and then uh, basically defeat Miska. 
Um, and so Miska, the wolf spider, is this uh, giant or gargantuan demon. Like, and I had to custom build the the character, and I stole mm-hmm. a lot from Theros. Actually, um, there was a, a really good spider monster in Theros that I took, but um, they. I don't really want to give it away, but like they, you know, they find the rod fragment. They have a battle. We had like an hour and a half battle against Miska, which was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And they do so much damage. And they, uh, LB landed a, LB's character landed a curse. So I had to roll a wisdom check every round to see if I could take an action. And that really hurt where I was just using my reactions to do damage and legendary actions. And I'm just like, this is. Ooh, so I ended up giving him a little more hit points than he actually had, just so that the fight felt a little more epic. Um, but when they landed the killing blow, uh, Rikiri took a like twelve d ten acid to the face and ended up, and she was at like four HP to begin with, and so she ended up. Uh, so they 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 were they did awesome, uh, and then they they went through some some stuff and ended up resurrecting her. But if you want to check that out, that's on Nerd Immersion Plays. You can listen to the final thing. Um. And then uh, I was a guest on a role-playing game on Twitch called Better Than Heroes. And it's funny because I play a lot of these online games with friends, you know, or, or people will comment and be like, hey, come be a guest on our show. And I'm like, awesome. This was the most uh, professional that I have experienced. And I was really blown away by it. Like they were like, here's your, here's your character guide document. Here's the zoom things. We're going to meet here. We're going to do this. This is, and, I, and it was like, what? And I had all the information. It, Cause usually it's like, Oh yeah. Are we doing that tonight? Oh yeah. You were tonight, right? Here's the link. Come. Yeah. We'll throw you in. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, but they're doing a spell jammer game, which is why they contacted me. Cause I finished all the spell jammer stuff. So I was playing a gith, uh, Gith Yankee Warlock. That was really fun. And uh, it was hilarious because uh, they have an artist who is on the show and he's got a digital pad. And so he was like drawing my character and the monsters minutes before we went live and oh, uploaded nice. it. And then they dropped it into the uh, Roll20 so that we could all watch and stuff. And they're very funny. A lot of them are professional comedians outside of Colorado. So. Uh, very funny people. Better than heroes. Go check it out. Um, if you are curious, uh, once once the episode's on YouTube, which I think it might be, I'm gonna I'm gonna share it and link it so you guys can watch. Um, but that was a lot of fun. So that is the gaming that I did. As I finished Rod of Seven Parts, which is really sad. It, last Wednesday we were like, oh, we're not playing. Oh, <laughs> what what do I do? I need to think of something else. Uh, but I'm also releasing a video every day for the month of December. So I have been busy. Um, which is uh, Endegar, this custom campaign world that I'm building. And it's a lot of fun. And we're having... I, it, it's interesting just talking through... And I don't know if you do this, but like just talking through something to the camera, because I'm by myself. But I notice that while I'm talking, I'm like, actually, now that I say that out loud that makes a lot more sense to do this. And then through the editing process, I will finish a video and then I'll go back to my notes and write out a bunch of stuff. So we're coming up with some, well, we like, I'm coming up with some fun stuff that I really enjoy and I can't wait to finish December and then start running games in Endegar. That's what I really want to do next because that's, what's going to help flush out that world is or flesh out that world is to actually run games in it. And then people have to, you know, like, what NPCs are you running into? And I have to actually 
work and craft that as opposed to thinking about, well, where do my players want to go? Now I could be like, oh, you want to see a blacksmith? You're right. There would be a blacksmith. I better create an NPC. So, Yeah. I've been having this trouble where I'm pretty busy throughout the day. I've got a lot of stuff planned I'm doing or I'm playing some games and having fun mm-hmm. with friends or I'm working or whatever. And I have that creative project that I want to work on that's kind of building stuff. In the minute my I go to lay down in bed and I think, well, maybe I'll just read a book for an hour or yeah. just, you know, I'm about a million ideas, ideas. <laughs> for, that pro- for that specific project starts hitting me hard. And I'm like, I, I keep trying to figure out, is there a way I can get it like a laptop in bed that I could type on all of a sudden? Or uh, get should a I get like a voice, get a voice transcriber or should I get a pencil and paper and write it all down? Because all of a sudden the creative juices, the minute my head hits the pillow is like, oh, you should do this or think about this or wouldn't it be cool if this was this? And it was just like, mm. it just explodes all of a sudden because I think my brain's not thinking about what am I doing the rest of the day? What's my schedule? I've got all that stuff handled. By the time I, I go to bed, all that stuff's done. I can stop worrying about it. And then my brain just opens up. To, <laughs> oh, what about this and that? And I'm like, should I get up? And then I won't get enough sleep. And I was like, ah. ah. <laughs> but I love that I'm getting all of this really cool um, creativity happening. Mm-hmm. That I can then try to feed on uh, when I do get time to sit down and do it. So That's it's awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, I, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, notebook and a pen. That's what they're saying here. <laughs> You're too That's digital, man. Doing. Actually, what I was doing is um, I have my Galaxy Note that has a pen in it so I can write right on my phone, which is super cool. I love it. Um, I tried my iPad. I have a, a Galaxy Pad, but the keyboard was awkward when you're trying to like lay down and you're trying to – it wasn't yeah. quite working. So I've got to figure something out. Transcribe me. <laughs> Just talk it out. But then my wife's next to me. She's not going to want to hear me do all that stuff. Get a really loud typewriter (laughs) and just click, click, click while she's trying to sleep. That would be the The one from The Shining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. These are all good things. Uh, That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for visiting us. And uh, thank you again, Table1SG, for uh, becoming a member of the YouTube stream. Really helps out the channel. We appreciate it. Hopefully I'll have the green screen fixed next week. And yeah, hopefully I won't be uh, green and and grinchy, I guess uh, we'll say. The Grinch who stole Christmas. The Grinch who stole Christmas. Everybody was saying it's night vision. Oh, it could be, yeah. thinking I'm doing it because I'm trying to show what night vision is. Um, And we will be back uh, next week for not the final right that's uh, we got two more saturdays yeah two more so saturdays uh this will be the the done. episode before christmas and then we'll have uh maybe 2020 in review on the 26th and we'll just talk about all the cool things that because we were kind of talking before the show started about like you know 2020 was awful but at the same time like we did some cool stuff like you know we played some cool games we got through some other stuff so maybe we'll do like a, a review where we just kind of talk about stuff it could be a lot of fun uh yeah I'll talk to all of you. Oh, and join our Discord. We moved the Discord to a new Discord, but uh, I feel like it's working out better because there's more community members there um, and lots of fun stuff's happening. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good times. Anything else before we leave, sir? That's it for you, Bardic Inspiration people. Tell us about your campaign ideas and, hey, how do you describe Dark Vision to your players or give us a visual aid to help us figure it out. Yeah. Visual aid in in the discord Discord chat. chat. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care everybody and happy holidays. 
Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.